Let's pray as we begin the message today. Lord, we thank you for your truth. We thank you for your love. We thank you for coming to earth to express your love to us. And we thank you that you revealed your plan that was accomplished through Mary giving birth to Jesus. We thank you for being able to trust you for your perfect plan in our lives. Speak to us, encourage us, and guide us in your truth, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, it is encouraging to understand that God is in control and that he has a plan, and God's plan is perfect. Uh, sometimes when we go through difficulties, we don't always see how he is going to work out his plan in our lives. But the coming of Jesus remind us that God has a perfect plan. And I want to begin by reading, um, if you want, you can turn to Galatians chapter 4, a few verses. Uh, but this concept of God having a plan, it brings joy to my heart. The reality that God has planned our salvation in advance, it means that God understands and knows our failures and he chose to love us. It reminds us that God is in control. Uh, so as we read now from Galatians chapter 4, we're going to read from verse uh, 4 to 6. And it says, When the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Uh, this phrase, the fullness of time, um, it says, when the fullness of time had come. The fullness of time means it was the perfect time, right? It means that all of the prophecies, uh, the expectation that Jesus would send, uh, that Jesus would come as the promised Messiah, that God would send him to be born of a virgin, it reminds us that God had planned this throughout history and that it was being accomplished in the birth of Jesus. So Jesus came at a specific time to be born in a specific place. And it also reminds us that God has a specific plan in our lives. In Acts chapter 17, verse 26, it says that God determined the time and the boundaries for each nation. Uh, God is absolutely perfect and his plan is perfect. Uh, so in a way, we can understand that when we talk about the perfect time, it reminds us that it's also the perfect plan. Um, and I love a verse that is found in the book of Revelation that says that uh, Jesus was like a lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. So even before God created the earth, uh, the Father and the Son agreed on the plan that Jesus would come to be born of a virgin and that it would be born uh, in Bethlehem, but that Jesus, as he was born, would live under the law, fulfilling the law on our behalf, but also that he would give himself as a sacrifice to fulfill uh, God's righteous judgment. So it reminds us that God's perfect time is expressed, his perfect plan. Uh, we could not and we cannot live to God's perfect standards of the law. So God became a man to live and die for us. That's why it says, 
that he was to be born under the law to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive adoption as sons. Martin and I, when we were living in Ukraine, we were involved in helping children to get adopted. And some of the children um, now are grown and they have their own children and we're still in touch with some of them. But to see that process of adoption, it's a special thing to see someone who is not in a family be joined to a loving family. And God, uh, one of the main ways that we understand him is as the role of father. And it says that he would adopt us as sons, meaning as children, not just one gender. But and then it says in verse six, because you are sons or children, uh, he has put forth his spirit into our hearts, allowing us to cry out, Abba, Father. And um, this adoption um, is also part of God's plan that Jesus is born, uh, he has the role of a son, but that he also then forgives us our sins and gives us his spirit so that we can cry out, Abba, Father. And we know that um, Abba means Daddy, uh, Papa, Father. And so the question is, uh, since God adopts us and Jesus has fulfilled uh, all of the law and died on our behalf, are we living in this closeness as his children? Um, the, the beautiful thing is that God wants us to be in that close relationship. And when we were living in Israel, um, many times we would see children playing and then maybe the dad would come and they would cry out to him, Abba. And it always kind of warmed my heart, you know, to hear uh, children addressing their uh, dad as Abba. And God has given us his spirit as like a guarantee uh, that we are his children. We see God's perfect plan in the life of Jesus and we understand that God has a plan for each person. And we can take comfort in that. Everybody goes through difficulties. Um, those difficulties sometimes can seem overwhelming to us, but we need to remember that God is for us. And if God can be for us, who then would be against us? And I want to talk about seeing his plan in each person's life as we look to Luke chapter 2 and we see different aspects of his plan being fulfilled. So if you have scriptures there, please turn to Luke chapter 2. We'll begin in verse 21. And it speaks about the time just after Mary giving birth to Jesus. Luke chapter 2, verse 21 says, And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. So Mary... Uh, hadn't known a man. Uh, she was engaged to Joseph, but uh, didn't understand exactly how God's plan would take place. But God explained that the Holy Spirit would come upon her and that she would uh, be with the child. And also the angel told her that the child's name would be Jesus, which means God is salvation. 
Uh, Joseph, when he found out, also didn't understand uh, God's plan. He was thinking about privately putting Mary away uh, so that um, the shame wouldn't come uh, to both of them. But the angel appeared to Joseph and said, uh, don't be afraid to take Mary as wife because the child that is within her is of the Holy Spirit and you will call his name Jesus. Again, meaning uh, God is salvation. So after the birth, uh, they fulfill the law, which uh, talks about in verse 21, the circumcision of Jesus and giving him the name uh, Jesus. And then in verse 22, it says, when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem and presented him to the Lord. So after the days of the purification, she came to the presence of the Lord in the temple and brought Jesus to present him to the Lord. And it's mentioned there, as we read earlier, that um, they brought a sacrifice. The sacrifice was uh, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons, which indicates that they were poor uh, because they didn't bring um, a different type of sacrifice that would uh, indicate that they had um, greater finances. So uh, we see that they're aligning themselves with God's plan. And uh, this is something that I think is a lesson for us. Uh, we understand and believe that Mary and Joseph were chosen uh, by God to be part of God's plan, but they also had a choice and they chose to align themselves with God's plan. And um, this, I think, is an important step for them, uh, and we see it in their lives. They fulfill uh, what is expected through the Jewish tradition, but they also uh, were sanctified to be God's instruments. And part of the aspect of reminding ourselves that God has a plan is also to encourage us that we want to be used in his plan. And that when he uh, speaks to us his truth, we align ourselves uh, with his plan. And it kind of reminds us of the prayer of Jesus. Not my will, but your will be done, right? God's will is greater than ours. Uh, there's a verse that I love, and it's been a verse that has been important to us as we've made decisions in the past. It's from Proverbs chapter 16, verse 9, and it says, A person plans in their heart, but the Lord directs their steps. And um, you maybe have had that experience, right? You plan something, you think it's going to go this way, but God, he directs your steps. And um, I do believe that God has created us to dream, to imagine, uh, to put plans together, but ultimately, we submit those plans under God's will, and we believe that his will is greater than ours and that he has the right to direct us as we uh, make plans. And I think it's an important thing to do as you pray, right? Say, Lord, I'm thinking that you're directing me this way. I'm making these plans, but would you accomplish your will through my life? Uh, the next section of... Uh, Luke chapter 2 talks about Simeon, uh, a religious man, a devout man, and it's going to remind us that God can work through the young and through the old. 
And I think that's also an important message. I'm going to read from uh, Luke uh, chapter 2, verse 25 to 32. You can follow along if you have a Bible open there. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentile and glory to your people Israel. So this contrast, right? Mary was young, uh, aligned herself with God's plan. Uh, Simeon was old. And whether young or old, uh, they're both able to be used by God and be used in a great way. And some of us, we start to limit God because of our age, or maybe others limit God because uh, they feel like they're too young. Um, in any way, have you limited God? Right? Um, there's a psalm that says that as the children of Israel were wandering in the desert, that they limited the Holy One of Israel. And whenever I read that, I always pray, Lord, I don't want to limit you. Right? I don't want to restrict what you're doing in my life. Um, maybe you're focused upon your age and you're thinking, well, God's not going to do this anymore because of my age. But we see Simeon's example that God used him. And it says that he was waiting. Um, that's another aspect of God's plan is that sometimes it involves us waiting. We don't always like that, do we? <laughs> Uh, and he was just and devout, meaning that he was uh, serious in his relationship with the Lord. Uh, he was a religious man, and he was waiting for the consolation or the comfort of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Uh, while you wait, you know, you can ask God's Spirit to give you strength, uh, God's Spirit to be working in your heart. And God's Spirit had revealed to him that he would not see death, before he had seen the Lord's Christ. The word Christ is also in Hebrew, Mashiach or Messiah. It means the anointed one that we come to understand, uh, anointed by God to bring salvation. And so as Mary and Joseph come into the temple, uh, Simeon is there and he sees um, baby Jesus, who's eight days old at that time, right? Can you picture it? Uh, the beautiful temple. Uh, people coming into the temple to worship. But here, Simeon takes baby Jesus in his arms and he says, Lord, you're letting your servant depart in peace uh, according to your word. Meaning, I've seen your salvation, now I'm ready to, to die. Um, but he says in verse 30, my eyes have seen your salvation. Can you say that? Yeah, uh, I remember the day uh, and that day's uh, soon approaching. I became a believer on December 23rd. And I always remember uh, that God opened my spiritual eyes to see Jesus. And it was 
an amazing transformation. And we need to hold on to the fact that God wants us to experience his salvation. The salvation was not limited just to the, is, the country of Israel. It says in verse 31, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles. I like that phrase, right? Jesus came as the light of the world to give revelation, understanding to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Now, the interesting thing is that he then switches and speaks kind of in a prophetic way. And part of God's plan also brought sorrow. And we read that in the next verses from verse 33 to 35. And Joseph and his mother marveled, or they were amazed at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and the rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. So he speaks uh, and says to Mary, the child is destined for the fall and rising of many, meaning that there's going to be a conflict, right? Some are going to believe in Jesus and some are going to be against Jesus. And also his coming would be a sign, but it would be a sign that would also bring sorrow because it says in verse 35, a sword will pierce through your own soul also. Um, many of you are mothers and you can imagine what it would be like to see the promised Messiah, the one that you knew was a miracle at his birth, be rejected by people and then be tormented by the Romans, scourged and crucified. And for sure, right, anybody who loved Jesus, it would be like a soul, uh, a sword piercing their soul. So um, God's plan sometimes brings sorrow, doesn't it? And um, we have to believe that even in the times of sorrow, his plan is still good. Jesus' suffering brought us salvation. Uh, there was another person that's an example of aligning themselves with God's plan, and it's Anna. Um, in Hebrew, it would be Hannah, and it literally means uh, grace or the grace of God. And it says in verse 36, Now there was one Anna, a prophetess of the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age. So she's another example, right, of an older person that is being used by God. Um, she had been faithful to her husband. Um, she waited for her husband, but it seemed like that they were only together for seven years, and then the husband dies. So she had sorrow, but she decided to serve the Lord. Verse 37 says she was a widow of about 84 years. So she's an older woman at this time, and she did not depart from the temple but serve God with fasting and prayers day and night. And when I took the list of prayers today, I wrote down on the list, maybe we should have like either individually, like at least part of a day this week that we just pray for people that are sick, pray for people that are going through sorrow. Uh, and maybe you want to fast for part of the day. Um, it says here that she was fasting and praying day and night.
And she came to the temple that instance and gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him, meaning of Jesus, to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. So she lived a life, surrendered to the Lord. She had experienced difficulties, but she chose to put God's plan above her own comfort. I think it's a moving thing where you see a person who has dedicated their life to the Lord, who has sacrificed for the Lord. And um, the pastor that was the first pastor that I learned under, he was teaching uh, even until his body was failing him, right? He had never uh, smoked or done anything wrong, but uh, maybe because he liked to restore cars, he got lung cancer. And he had the heart to serve, but his lungs were starting to give out. And the last Wednesday before he died, he was teaching with uh, oxygen uh, up over his ears and in his nose, and he was faithful to the end. And I always pray, Lord, I want to be faithful to the end. I want to be a person who's dedicated to you. Even if your plan includes difficulty, I want to be faithful. And then, of course, the greatest example that we need to follow is our Lord Jesus. And the question is, are you, are we following his example of aligning ourselves with the plan of the Father? And so I want to briefly look at a few verses from Luke chapter 4 that speak about the dedication of Jesus. It says in Luke chapter 4, verse 14, then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out throughout all the surrounding region, and he taught in their synagogues, being glorified by all. So we see a couple ways that he's an example. One is that he was empowered by God's Spirit. And other, uh, another way is that he was teaching others. He was uh, teaching in their synagogues. And then it says in verse 16, so he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And a phrase stands out to me in that uh, verse. It says, as his custom was. Right? And most of you, you're coming week by week. Um, but we need to remember that to grow spiritually, it takes commitment. It takes discipline, right? And uh, Jesus met with them. Uh, it says he joined with them in worship as his custom was. So if Jesus joined together in worship, how much more do we need to be uh, dedicated to joining together in worship? And then um, from verse 17 and 18, it says, uh, as he was there in the synagogue, he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had found uh, the place, he opened the book where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Uh, so he grabs the, the scroll, he opens it, and he starts to read, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. We see that he's our an example um, because 
he was relying upon God's spirit to do the ministry, to do the work that God had appointed for him to do. And um, we can take an example from Jesus here. It says that he's empowered by the Holy Spirit. Uh, he's sharing the gospel with those in need. Um, one thing that I can see from driving around this area is that there are a lot of people in need. And the danger, when we see too many people in need, we start to think, the needs are so great, I can't meet all of the needs. And so then we kind of take a step away, and the danger is that we don't meet any of the needs, right? But that's the wrong conclusion. Maybe it's true that we can't meet every need, but we can meet some needs. And the greatest need is the spiritual need, the need for the gospel. So let's be those that share God's truth with those in need. It says uh, that Jesus was bringing comfort, right? Uh, God had sent him to heal the brokenhearted. It means those in sorrow, so we can bring comfort to those that are hurting. And then it says to proclaim liberty to the captives. This is proclaiming God's freedom. Even if a person has an area of darkness in their life, God can break through that darkness. And we can't limit the way that God wants to work. Uh, he can deliver any person. Recovery of sight to the blind, so we can trust God for his healing. Um, I'll tell you a quick story. Uh, when we were in Ukraine, we were living in an old building. You've probably seen some of them in the news. And there was a crack in our bedroom wall, but we had a wallpaper, so we didn't know that there was a crack. And the wall was pushed up, I mean, the bed was pushed up against the wall, and Marta was sleeping on the side of the bed that was closest to the wall. So uh, she would sometimes say, I'm cold, and, you know, wrap up with a blanket, but she doesn't like to have her head covered when she sleeps. So over time, that cold air, like a draft coming through the crack, uh, caused her to start to have pain in her jaw, and then her jaw started to um, like pop. And um, she had to travel back to the US. I stayed in the Ukraine uh, to serve. It was around Christmas time. And she went to a doctor and the doctor said, uh, your jaw has deteriorated so much that you need to have surgery. So um, we didn't have health insurance. And uh, our friends who kind of received our mail and helped us, they said, well, uh, we'll get you health insurance, but you have to wait, I think, a month or so until the health insurance is um, active, and then you have to schedule the surgery after that. So it was the longest time that she and I had ever been separate. It was approaching like six weeks, and we were talking through Skype, and then the seventh week came, and she says, Honey, I'm just missing you so much, and uh, God could heal me, I don't think I should wait for the surgery. I said, well, you just need to trust God and see what he's going to do. And so she decided to get a return ticket without having the surgery. And uh, she prayed, Lord, I want to serve you. And you know that uh, this is hindering me. You can heal me. And so on the plane, she normally doesn't sleep. She fell asleep and she woke up and that was completely healed. And she's never had a problem after that. And it wasn't anyone's great faith. 
definitely Marta had faith. We had many people praying, but God just chose to be merciful and to heal her. And God is still healing people. So we need to remember uh, that Jesus was sent to bring the recovery of sight to the blind. That was a sign of the Messiah. But it also reminds us that we can trust God for his healing. And then it says to set at liberty all those who are oppressed. If you look around us, there are a lot of oppressed people, aren't there? And we need God to uh, lead us in victory over the forces of darkness. So uh, Jesus is our example. He uh, chose to put the will of the Father above his own will and to align himself with God's perfect plan. And there is a beautiful uh, section of scripture in Ephesians chapter 2 that speak about uh, this process of receiving God's plan and then aligning ourselves with his plan for his glory. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone would boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. It's not just me saying that God has a plan, and we need to align ourselves with his plan. It's the word of God that says God prepared beforehand the things that he wants you to do, and he wants you to align yourself with him so that the glory would go to God. Uh, we receive salvation as a gift. We serve God because he is the one to empower us to do so. And as we serve, we're not to be prideful. Um, we're to remember that he's doing a work in us, but he also wants to do a work through us. Jesus is the Lord. Are you following his example? Right? Just open up to Luke chapter 4 later today. Read through it. Are you being led by his spirit? Are you having compassion upon people in need? Are you trusting him for healing? Are you aligning yourself with God's plan? This is a wonderful time of year because we remember, right, his plan was accomplished. And we can remind ourselves his plan is going to be accomplished in your life, in my life, and in this church. Let's pray together. Father, we do want to be those that are open to your work and that you would work in our heart so that you could work through our lives. Empower us, inspire us, and use us for your glory. We commit ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen.